maybe you're new to Valley Real Life and you want to find out a little bit more about why we do what we do, who we are, and all those kinds of things, you can go to vrl.church slash events and you can... And you can sign up for our DNA class then. Um, Also, let's give a big hand for all of the people who went to our last DNA and they have committed to the VRL family. Isn't that awesome? That's incredible. Well, hey, did you ever think that life was going to be perfect and then something happened? Devastation in the family, a loss of a loved one, an addiction, financial ruin, or maybe if you're married, did you ever think that when you got married, that marriage would be perfect? And then as you journeyed through marriage, you realized that you needed healing. You know, this is the story of a couple in our church. They got married and things were going great. And then something happened. And all of a sudden, they realized that they needed healing. And today, that's exactly what we're going to talk about and why I'm so excited to be here with you. My name is Adam, and I'm the recovery pastor here at Valley Real Life. And I want you to know that I love, love, love being on staff here at Valley Real Life. And just as Sarah had talked about, there are so many great things and so many things that God is doing in and through this place. And it's just incredible to watch what God does. Also, I want to thank the leadership at this church because, you know, this has been a very long and hard, difficult season. And our leadership has done just an amazing job walking this church through this challenging time. So can we give it up for the leadership here at this church? And so, you know, whether you have joined us online and you're watching online or you are here in person, we've been in this sermon series called Lessons from the Lake. And Trevor started us off a couple weeks ago, and then Dan did an amazing job last week walking us through an untangled lesson and how to really break through strongholds. And today, I get the special opportunity to share with you a lesson from the lake. Well, well really, it's a lesson from the river. And so we've all been through something, a painful experience. Maybe it's a physical experience, and maybe it's an emotional, maybe it's spiritual. Maybe you're walking through something right now, maybe from your childhood, when you were a young adult, a disease, a loss of a loved one, a divorce, maybe struggling with a business, a sin that you just cannot overcome. And so with those things in mind, I want to share with you today a story of a mighty, mighty man. He was a man of reputation, a man of valor, a man of strength and power and honor. He was the commander of the king of Syria's armies. This man, he had it all. His name was Naaman. He He was the top of the top. Naaman was the elite of the elite. He would be like our president's right-hand man, kind of like General Eisenhower was during World War II. But I forgot to share with you one important piece about this man. Naaman had a problem. Naaman was a leper. And Naaman needed some healing in his life. Now, this started as something little in his, in his life, just like the disease of sin. It always starts as something little or a physical disease. 
It starts as something small. It can start as a small spot on your skin before it literally begins to take over your body and the essence of who you are. So whether you're watching online today or whether you're uh, in, in the auditorium, you can uh, follow along if you turn your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 5, and we're going to walk through the story of Naaman. So starting in verse 1, now Naaman was the commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. And leprosy in those days was considered one of the worst diseases of its time. It was extremely contagious. In its worst form, it it would would lead you to death. Many lepers were forced outside of the cities to quarantine. And and I was going to make a bad joke about quarantining, but, but, but it's just too soon. It's just too soon. Actually, you know what? I I hate quarantining. I hate quarantining. Anybody else hate quarantining? So you can imagine how Naaman felt wanting to hide and not let anybody in to see or to know about his problems. What does this tell us about Naaman and about all of our lives as well? Is that we can have all of this great stuff going Our kids can be in the right school. We can have the right job, the perfect life, living the American dream. But but we need a healer. No matter what we are walking through, we need a healer. No matter where you are in life or what you're going through, you need a healer and you can't do it on your own. You know, I think about many famous people who looked like they had everything put together Robin Williams, Elvis, Prince, Marilyn Monroe, Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, and on the surface, they looked like everything was great, everything was perfect. But beneath the surface, depression, drug addiction, broken relationships, anxiety, and the struggle to keep the image alive. You see, the greater we are, and the greater that we become, the easier it is for us to hide. And as I look at Naaman and I see what Naaman looked like, I can imagine him looking in the mirror and he was becoming this man that he didn't want to be. You see, so often we, on the outside, we make ourselves look like everything is doing great. We show up on Sundays and everything is wonderful. But on the inside, when we look in the mirror, we see guilt, we see shame, and we see fear. And and we're becoming something that maybe we never intended for our lives to be. And in those moments, we don't even realize that we need healing. You know what's crazy is in my life, you know, years back, I was struggling with alcohol and drug addiction and pride and so many other things. And, and I started to see this Christian counselor over in Coeur d'Alene, and I started to share with him all, all of my life, my life story. He's the first person in my life that I ever shared my entire story with. And as I shared my story with him for the, over the course of about six weeks, I, I relapsed back into drugs. And, he, and I came back in, and I went to see him, and he looked at me square in the face, and he said, Adam, you need some serious help. And then he said these exact words. He said, you need so much 
healing. You need healing in your life. Healing, I need healing. Up to that point in my life, I had no idea what healing was. I did not know the healing power of Jesus Christ in my life. You see, I believed in Christ, and I had believed in Christ for many years. But up to that point in my life, I had not received Christ as my healing and saving power. You see, in Scripture, in James 2.19, it says, Even the demons believe, and they tremble. And so my question for all of us tonight, whether you're watching online or whether you're sitting in the room, is have we forgotten, have we gotten to that point where we not only believe Jesus is our healing and saving power, but we receive him as our healing and our saving power? I did not know that Christ could heal my brokenness and my broken soul. We need a healer. And the story continues in verses 2 and 3 where Naaman's wife had a servant girl. The servant girl was captured by the king of Aram's army. And she said to Naaman's wife, if only my master would see the prophet that is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. Did you know that God goes before us? As that song said earlier, God goes before us. God makes a way. Like God knew that he was going to send this girl to say something to Naaman's wife and present an opportunity for Naaman to get well. God goes before us. And so today as we walk through the rest of this story, I'm going to share with you four things that can bring healing into our lives. Number one, bringing things into the light brings healing. Bringing things into the light brings healing. So we'll move on in 2 Kings 5. Naaman gets wind of what the servant girl said and about the possible healing of his leprosy. And he shared it and he approached the king and he shared with the king his problem. Naaman took this first step in the process to healing. He brought it out into the open. He shared it with the king. Have you ever shared your story or your struggles with someone and after you're done sharing it feels like a burden is lifted? Or better yet, has anyone ever shared their story who's walking through a difficult season and they walk through this difficult season and they share with you and after they're done they say, man, I feel like this great burden has been lifted off my shoulders. Well, that's because when we bring things into the light, it takes their power away. So Naaman is bringing these things into the light. He's bringing his struggle into the light. You know, a couple, a few years ago, we were having this eclipse here in the Spokane area, and I don't know if you guys all remember this. I was so excited for this eclipse. I mean, 91% of the sun was going to be covered by the moon, and, and every, the stores were all selling glasses, and everything was going great, and I was thinking, well, it's going to be dark in the middle of the day. People are going to be driving around with their headlights on, and I'm so excited to see this darkness in the middle of the day, and we're all standing out here in the front of the church and we're watching as this eclipse takes place and we all have our glasses on and the sun is just an absolute sliver and I take my glasses off and I am so disappointed I was so disappointed nobody's driving around with their headlights on the parking lot lights aren't even on it looks like maybe just a dust storm had settled over the area and you know what's crazy I was so disappointed but you know what's so funny is I learned so much about God that day 
I learned that a little bit of God's light takes all the darkness away in our lives. A little bit of God's light takes all the darkness away in our lives. So Naaman was bringing these things into the light. He was bringing his problem into the light. Bring things in your life into the light and see the healing and the restoration that God can find in your life. As, as the story goes on, you know, this really gets really good. Uh, this, this brings us to the second part of, of, our, uh, of the four points, which is humility brings healing. Humility brings healing. And in, in verse 9, it says, So Naaman went to, the, went, to the house, went to Elijah's house with his horses and chariots, and he stopped at the door of Elijah's house. He pulled up with his full entourage. I mean, I can picture him looking all powerful and mighty. And, you know, I kind of picture, you know, a few stretch Hummer limos and stuff pulling up out in front there. And, and he's looking and he's waiting for this whole amazing thing and this amazing healing to take place in his life. This was the moment. I mean, he had brought it out. He had brought the things out into the open. The king had written him this letter of recommendation. And this is the moment that he had been waiting for his entire life. And I love in verse 10 exactly what happened. See, in verse 10, Elisha didn't even come out of the house. He didn't even come out of the house. It says, Elisha sent a messenger out to him. It's, it's like this. It's like some of you watching online or some of you in here today. Maybe you thought that the lead pastor, Dan Shields, was going to be coming in here today sharing this most powerful message and you got stuck with me, and you got stuck with me. You see, you see, it's not about the messenger. It's about the message. It's about what God's saying to you through the message. And the messenger said to Naaman, go, wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored, and you will be cleansed. Now, I don't know about you, but if somebody was to tell me to, to go down to the Spokane River and dip myself seven times with the things that I struggle with in my life and that I will be healed, I would have thought about one of two things. Like, man, either this guy is nuts or I would have marched my happy dance clear down to the Spokane River and I would have dunked myself and I would have tried it. I would have put it to the test. Yeah. Let's see what Naaman does because humility brings healing. In verse 11, it says that Naaman, he went away angry, and he said, I thought. Can we just pause there for a minute? How many times have you gotten in trouble in your life when you said, well, I thought. I thought it should be this way, or I thought it should go this way, or in my own life, I thought that if I just tried harder, I thought I could do it on my own. And I just have to laugh as I can picture Naaman standing there with his entourage and all his people, a man mighty in battle who could command his armies to do whatever he thought. And he sat there and he said, I thought. You see, Naaman's healing had nothing to do with what he thought and everything to do with God's restoration plan in his life. And the healing in your life has nothing to do with what you think, but everything to do with God's restoration plan in your life. So number one, bringing things into the light brings healing. Number two, humility brings healing. And number three, patience 
brings healing. And we'll continue in verse 11. I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God. And he would wave his hand over the spot and cure my leprosy. Isn't it funny that we all want the microwave version of healing? We all want it to happen right now. Like we've struggled for years and years and we want it to go away in an instant. Naaman wanted Elijah to come out and just wave his hand and, 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 and he would be healed. He wanted the quick fix. And I want you to know this, that God can and will heal some of us in an instant. He can do that. But often healing comes over time. And in Naaman's case, and often in ours, God has a larger plan for our healing and for healing of Naaman's leprosy. You see, God wants to cultivate our hearts. God wants to build our character. He wants to help us with our integrity, and he wants to take our pride away in our lives. And when God does the healing in our own lives, he often takes us through a process of growing our own faith. Patience brings healing. The story goes on in verse 12, and Naaman said, Are not Abana and Farpar the rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I just go and wash in those and be cleansed? So he turned away and he went off in a rage. Why do we, why do we always get in the comparison game? I mean, Elijah told him that if you want to be healed, just go and wash yourself. Go down and dunk yourself seven times. He gave Naaman the opportunity for freedom. But so often, pride and comparison stand in the way of God's best in each one of our lives. Verse 13, Naaman's servants went to him and they said, Father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you have not done it? How much more than when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? We got to have other people in our lives. You know, you know, Naaman had people in his life that, life that spoke the truth. They pushed Naaman into the uncomfortable. We need to surround ourselves with people that love us enough to speak to us in our desperation. Naaman had these servant guys and these people who spoke to him, and his life was changed, and he changed his mind. And in verse 14, it says, So he went down, and he dipped himself in the Jordan River seven times. And the man of God had told him, like, like the man of God had told him, and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. Which brings us to our fourth and final point. Taking our next step brings healing. You see, Naaman would have had to lower his pride. He would have had to bring things into the light. He would have had to take off his armor and reveal to his men the struggle that was beneath the surface. And I want you to know that sometimes healing hurts. Sometimes it sucks. It sucks to bring things into the light and deal with the consequences. It hurts. My wife, praise God, she's a physical therapist. And, and often, as she's worked on me, I've learned this by, you know, by going through it. Often, the healing process is painful. It's painful. Sometimes there is pain as we allow God to heal our lives. And that's okay. Walk through the pain. But Naaman would have had to humble himself. 
He would have had to step out in faith, and it might have been painful in front of his full entourage, but he would have had to walk down into the Jordan River and start dipping himself as his entourage anxiously awaited one time, two times, three times, four, five, six times, nothing. But on the seventh time, his flesh was restored like that of a young boy. God had touched his life right there in the Jordan River. And it's the same God, whether you're watching online or whether you're in this place today, that God can touch your life right here in this place today. Don't just take your next step one time. Take it two times, three times, four times, and press into what God has for you. Taking your next step brings healing. Maybe taking your next step is walking through the doors of Celebrate Recovery on a Monday night and just seeing the healing that God will do in your life. You you remember that couple from Valley Real Life that I was sharing with you about that got married, they walked through some stuff, and then they realized they needed healing? I want you to hear just a little bit more of their story, so take a look with me now. We were married for two years, and there was infidelity on my part. She found out about it, and we didn't, I didn't know how to make things better or make things right. That was 18 years ago, and it seems like it's always been gone back to that point for us. I was putting Knight in the position of God, you know, and I knew of God, but I didn't have a relationship with him. And so I just felt like if I could just get someone to love me like I want to be loved, then I would be okay. And then when that happened, it made me feel like no one will ever love me. When her drug use came out, she went to rehab and we went through a really, really hard time. We couldn't both try at the same time. Either he was trying and I was pulling away, or he, I, or I was trying and he was pulling away, but we couldn't seem to get on the same page for almost 20 years. So February was the lockdown. From February to June, we kind of... Floundered. Yeah, everything came out. You know, it, it had to, everything. Like the way that we felt about each other, the lack of connection. I go to AA meetings and I couldn't go to those. And so my only source of compassion or things like that was before Zoom even started was through night. And I wasn't getting that. In June, we started the divorce proceedings. When Celebrate Recovery was able to open up, it gave me a place to go while we were separated. And it gave me a connection with other people, other men that were going through similar circumstances. The first night I was here, um, I just broke down. And everybody laid hands and prayed. It meant a lot. Because I felt like I was at the end of my rope. And I just remember begging God to bring her back and that I would I would cherish her and the family if I could get a second chance. I just remember one day just my heart changing 
and I wanted our family back. I know that it was God that changed my heart back. And I know it was his prayers that he prayed for us. We do things for each other purposely now. We seek out each other. We go on a date night every week. Our youngest son drew a picture of us together and we were both smiling to see it through an innocent kid's eyes. Even though we've been together 22 years now, this is our first year of having God in our marriage and it feels like a whole new relationship. Isn't that an incredible story of healing and restoration? And I want you to know that Renee and Knight are, are gonna be getting married again. They are engaged and they're gonna be getting married again this fall. Isn't that incredible? And so we're going to wrap up our story in verse 15. Then Naaman and all his attendants went back to the man of God. He stood before him and said, Now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. So please accept a gift from your ser servant. You see, God not only healed Naaman of his leprosy, God healed his heart. He softened his heart. He taught him humility. God transformed his life and he gave Naaman so much more than just healing. You see, Naaman all of a sudden had believed and received the Savior. He knew that God was greater than himself. Naaman had found the healer. And today I want to ask you, whether you're online or whether you're here in person, what do you need healing from in your life? Because Jesus is calling and we all need healing. What is it in your life that you need to make it down to the Jordan River so that you can find healing? What barriers are holding you back from God's best in your life? I want you to know that you have a savior available to you that wants to heal you and walk this journey of healing with you. And I want you to know that this is a place Valley Real Life that wants to walk that journey with you. There's many people here that want to help you and walk you down to the Jordan River so that you can find healing yourself. Jesus is calling. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to come before you and worship you and hear about the healing that you can do in our life. And God, if there's anybody listening in this room or online, Father, that, that you're going to do this healing in, God, we pray that they would receive and come to know you more and more. Lord, we give you praise for the work and that you go before us in our lives. We love you and give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen.